0: Praise God. Everybody say, thank you, Jesus. Amen. We're going to pray right now, and then I'm going to let you be seated. Let's pray together. Righteous God, we believe you today, and your will would be done in every part of this service. We trust that it has been, Lord. And we just believe you today. That you would be exalted. You would be lifted up. Thank you for your goodness, blessings. Hallelujah. We bless your name today. We exalt your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you. You can be seated. I want to preach to you today what I feel the Lord has laid upon my heart, and it's from the thought that I preached from last Sunday. And uh, will God remain your God after the victory? Will God still be your God after he has given you blessings and victory in your life? It's awful easy for an attitude to slip. It's awful easy for us to not even be aware of what's happening to us. And it all happens in the subconscious mind. We're not even aware that uh, our uh, attitude and our spirit is changing. Uh, People don't just decide one day, I'm going to be independent of God. Let me tell you what it is. It's a process of time, events that take place in your life that uh, causes this over a process of time that's all right young people come right on in amen over a process of time within a little here and a little slipping here and a little turning here and uh, you have arrived at that point that your attitude and your spirit has totally changed from what you was when you started to where you're at today It's hard to hold a right attitude and a right spirit. In fact, without the help of God, it is impossible for a person to hold that attitude and that right spirit. And I just want to preach to you today, and I want you to give it for your consideration and your thoughts today. When is our best day, and when was your best day? When did you have your best attitude and your best spirit? toward God, and your relationship with God was the closest that it has ever been. When, when were those days? And I think that the wisest man other than Jesus Christ described it quite well in the book of Ecclesiastes in these words when he said, It is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting, for that is the end of all men, and the living will lay it to his heart. He said, sorrow is better than laughter, for by the sadness of the countenance, the heart is made better. When was your best attitude? When was your best moment? When was our best day? I think he's describing the best day. Amen. Sorrow is better than laughter, for by the sadness of the countenance, the heart is made better. Again, The fourth verse says, "'And the heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, "'but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth, "'which is play, laughter, and just high spirits.'" So he described to us the finest hour of man when he said it's better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting because when you go to these places, you find the end of all men and will lay it to his heart. Solomon again said, it's better to hear the rebuke of the wise than for a man to hear the songs of fools. Oh, help us, God. Amen. When was our best day? Uh, Great songs that we sing and bless us so much. When you discover where they came from and who wrote them and what they were going through, you you discover that uh, they were going through severe trials and severe pain they were dealing with. And uh, in the book of Psalms, the 39th chapter and the first verse, David wrote this psalm. He said, I say, I will take heed to my ways. Notice what he's saying. I'm going to take heed to my ways that I sin not with my tongue. I will keep my mouth with a bridle while the wicked is before me. He said, I was dumb with silence. He said, I helped my peace even from good, and my sorrow was stirred. He said, my heart was hot within me while I was musing the fire burned. Then spake I with my tongue, Lord, make me to know my end and the measure of my days what it is that I may know how frail I am. Behold, thou hast made my days as the handbreadth, and my age is nothing before thee. Verily every man at his best state is altogether vanity." David wrote this psalm, and you can see how his life is so broken and how he's dealing with something that's sorrowful and it's very hard for him to deal with. Lord, make me to know mine end and the measure of my days and what it is that I may know how frail I am. Then he said, Behold, thou hast made my days like a hand breath. That's how many days. And my age is nothing before thee, young or old. I understand now that that... It is not important to you, Lord. Just let me know these things, uh, that how long I have on this earth and uh, what, what's going to take me out. And let me see how frail I am. Well, when you study this, you discover that uh, when David penned this psalm, what was happening in his life, he was, and gave him all these deep thoughts You don't have these kind of thoughts just uh, casually. Something has got to be going on in your heart. Something's got to be going on in your mind to bring you to those kind of thoughts and to connect with those kind of thoughts. Something's got to be happening way down in your heart because these are are very deep thoughts. I'm going to tell you, you may... uh, uh, kind of grin a little and somebody says what you're laughing and you say well I, I, I did nothing what are, you, what, what are you grinning about and you don't hardly realize that maybe you were grinning but I want to tell you they will never say to you uh, what was you crying about that you will not be able to tell them exactly what had brought tears to your eyes and ge- given you a broken spirit you'll know every time amen, that uh, what what was going on and what was going on in your mind. And it was true with David at this time because he was this, as you know, young man. He was the giant killer. He had lived through glory and fame and great blessings upon his life. But now it's another day in his life. And David comes before Jonathan and he says, what have I done? "'What is my iniquity, Jonathan?' Now, this is his best friend he's talking to. He, he said, what, what, why, "'Why is this happening in my life? And, and what iniquity or sin have I done? What is my sin before thy father that he seeketh my life?' Jonathan said unto him, "'God forbid that thou shalt die. Behold, my father will do nothing, either great or small, but that he will shew it me.'" Why should my father hide this thing from me? It is not so. And David sware moreover and said, Thy father certainly knoweth that I have found grace in thine eyes. Your dad knows how close you and I are. And he saith, Let not Jonathan know this, lest he be grieved True, the Lord uh, liveth. And as my soul liveth, this is when he wrote this psalms. Listen, he said, There is but a step between me and death. And then he wrote the psalm somewhere off by himself, maybe in a cave, uh, running from Saul, troubled in his heart, trying to find out and put all the pieces of the puzzle back together and figure out what on earth is going on in my life. Let me have your attention, everybody. Amen. What on earth is going on in my life? What is happening to me? Why am I going through this great uh, trial that I'm in and, and this battle that I'm in? And then he, he asked the questions, Lord, make me to know my end and the measure of my days. You don't just get up every morning and say, Lord, make me to know my end and the measure of my days, what it is that I may know how, how frail I am. You don't get up every day and think about uh, my, my days are about like the width of your hand, a hand's breath. Uh, my age, he said, is nothing before Thee. Verily, every man in his best state altogether, everything—it's just vanity and vexation to the spirit. Something was happening in his life. Something was going on in his life. Something he was having to deal with, and that was the realization that death is not very far away from any of us in this building. And he said, it's not, I know I'm just a young man, but really uh, death comes to young people and death comes to older people. But you know, whenever you're not in these severe trials and you're not dealing with staring death in the face, uh, it's hard to see. But when you do go through these things and you deal with these things, you realize, man, I'm telling you what, uh, it's not very cross, very far across that line at all. It's just a step across that line and and, uh, and the giant killer will be forever silenced and the giant killer will be put to death. Hey, Amen. I'm just a step between uh, death. It's not very far off. And maybe while I, the reason that I'm preaching you today is it's certainly got something to do with the things that we're dealing with and and going on you can never divorce yourself from from preaching and and the things and the trials that you're uh, facing in your own life and and dealing with and and you just realize that uh, man the only thing that's important in this life is not let your attitude slip uh, just because you've had a few victories and you hit a few home runs and you've seen God, do some wonderful things in your life. You just can't let it go to your head, and you can't let it get away from you, and you just, you've got to realize whether you won a big one or whatever's happened in your life, it doesn't make any difference. You're just still one step. Amen. You're not ever very far from death. Oh, but I'm young, David said. Hey, God's not interested in your age. You young men, you, you could be... Uh, the very one that I'm preaching to today, you—you uh, you could not, death could not be far for you. You go out in the cemetery this afternoon and walk through the tombstones, and you'll find some dates awful close together. Amen. That people went out in their youth and met God. Well, the only thing that's important is that we get the right attitude and we keep the right attitude. Thank God for the victories that we have won. Thank God for the good things that God has done in our life and the blessings that God has sent down. But I'm telling you, the challenge is, is when you have won a victory, that you can hold that same humble, broken spirit. God, I need you. I need your help. I need you to order my steps. I need you to direct my path. I need you to walk with me. I need to do your will just like I did that day when I was staring death in the face. Hallelujah. Everybody clap your hands to the Lord. Help us, Jesus. Speak to us, Jesus. Talk to our heart, God. Talk to our spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Hallelujah. Faith was telling me the other night, and, and, you know, we've been, uh, my brother's been in this great trial of sickness, and, and now my mother's in, in, in a terrible trial of, of sickness. And, and he came in the room where she was at the other night, and he, he, he just fell down on his knees by her bed, and started praying for her. And uh, after he had prayed for her and cried over her, I thought, oh, I was out there last night, and we were having prayer meeting together, I thought, brother, isn't this strange? He was in the room with us, and he was praying. We was all praying for mother. I thought this is something mother used to pray for him, and now he's praying for mother. And he had fallen on his knees, and he was praying and and asking God to help her. And this was a man that was he was he was, he was tough. He he was hard. He was calloused. You, you didn't you didn't as you all know you didn't talk about. To, church to him and the things of God, not to him personally. He didn't mind hearing about it about somebody else, but about you praying. Now here he is praying and seeking God and, and and he'd fallen on his knees and praying by her bed. And then when he started to get up, he couldn't get up and he just kind of rolled around on the floor and faith helped him get back up. And, and, uh, and what, what, a, what a difference, but you know what uh, the difference is uh, that you understand life now. It's not in things, it's not in toys, uh, it's not in the game of life. Uh, That uh, The only really important thing that's before us today is that we would all have our heart right and have our spirit right and be right with God and, and, and feasting at the table of the Lord. Hey, it's a joy to live for God. This world don't know what a joy is until you feel that deep settled peace, that kind of peace that passeth Think about it. That kind of peace that passeth all understanding that you've got that peace of God in your heart. You're not wondering where you'll go if you would go out in eternity before we have this great Holy Ghost service tonight that you, where you would go. You know you would go. You know without a doubt. uh, Amen, that you've been. Thank God, Brother Sammy talked to him last night, he'd been baptized in the title, but I showed him, I said the man that had the keys to the kingdom, the man that had the authority, said you need to be baptized in Jesus' name. I also showed him that uh, those disciples in Acts, the 19th chapter, they were even baptized like Jesus had been baptized. But Paul commanded them to be baptized. How were, What were you baptized unto? There were a lot of heathen people baptizing back in those days. There were many people getting baptized. He said, How were you baptized? It didn't make any difference how you was baptized just so you get baptized. Well, you need to read the Acts the 19th chapter and you'll discover the, the apostle Paul who wrote most of the New Testament, the epistles that we read, so many of them. Hey Amen, he said, how were you baptized? And they said, unto John's baptism. He said, oh, I want to tell you something. You need to be rebaptized." And he took them out and baptized them in the name of Jesus Christ. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank God for obedience to the word of the Lord. You're talking about bringing peace. You're talking about bringing joy and anointing of the Holy Ghost. Oh, thank you, Jesus. The devil's still a liar. I'm going to tell you, it makes great prayer meetings. As We were praying last night and praying around the bed of Mother and, and uh, talking to God, and the Spirit of the Lord was coming down. Hey, man, we had a Holy Ghost prayer meeting when I I went out and Ruba was still in the room with Mother. Mother raised up. She had not, Mother hadn't been talking very much, just almost like in a semi coma. We feared that maybe she'd had a stroke. And uh, because when Mother's not talking, there's something wrong. When Mama's not telling stories, uh, there's something wrong with Mama. And she's just so quiet. She raised up after we went out of the room. She said to Rubel, she said, well, y'all must think I'm fixing to die. She said, I'm not that sick. Amen. So thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Hallelujah. Well, that was some good prayer, wasn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Hallelujah. 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 Man, in his great, great victories, his attitude just slowly begins to change. His relationship is broken with God. James said, but every man is tempted. He's tempted after a great victory. Men, hear me today. Ladies, all over this house today, listen to me preach to you today. Don't let a few victories Cause you to change your spirit and your whole attitude toward the Lord. A few coins to rub together should not change your spirit and attitude. It ought to make us more humble. It ought to make us more grateful. It ought to change our attitude. It ought to change our attitude for the better. Well, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe it can. I believe it's the will of God. I believe it's what God wants to do in our life. Hallelujah, hallelujah. But this process is slow. And James said, every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed when those things that he lusts after and those things that he is enticed by. He's had that victory and he's drawn away. Then when lust is conceived, it bringeth forth sin. When you fulfill that lust, then it's sin. And when sin is finished, it bringeth forth death. It bringeth forth death. Oh God, it's never a good story about sin, is it? Amen. It's always a sad story when people allow sin to get in their life. You know what happens to people when they've had a great victory, if they're not careful, they all at once, they begin to back up on all their convictions. They begin to change about what they felt really strong about one time. It does not seem that serious and it does not seem that important. That's why the Bible talked about the deceitfulness of riches. Riches will deceive you, friend and giving you a feeling of independence and strength that only has to happen as a few little things shift in our economy today and we'd all be, uh, could be destroyed. But the Bible said they're ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. They can't ever get it settled in their mind right or wrong. They can't ever get it get it get their focus and get their direction. It's shifting on them all the time. What they used to think and what they used to feel bad about, they don't feel bad about that anymore. I'll tell you why you don't. It's because you feel that sense of independence from God, from, uh, from life and, and the life that you have, have lived and the successes that you've had. It makes you feel like, well, you know what? That, that's not what gave me this success. That's not, God's not what has blessed me yet. God's not what has helped me, but it is God that has helped us. It is God that has kept us. Let me ask you a question. Where was you at when God found you? You want to go back to those days? You want to go back to those days? I mean, we're not here just because of our flesh, We're here because our flesh had run into trouble. We're here because we'd taken all this world we could take and we needed relief and we needed help. And we came to God and God gave us relief and God gave us help. Right or wrong? Am I preaching the truth or not? Are we here because we love him? Are we here because we found the treasure? Are we here because we found help? Are we here because He opened the windows of heaven and poured out blessings in our life. Have we come for that reason? Why would we let our attitude slip today? And we'd go back on God and we'd feel like, well, you can be seated. It's not important to pray. It's not important to go to church. It's not important to be faithful to God. Hallelujah. Well, it's what's blessed us. It's what's kept us. It's what's lifted us up. Amen. it's the goodness of God that has blessed us so abundantly. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Help us, God. I'm talking about having a victory. Everybody say victory. Amen. Having a great victory. And then after that victory, it, it, it's changed. It, and it's not something that happens overnight. It is a process. It is a slipping process that happens to us. It happens to our mind, amen, a little here and a little there of slipping. And finally, amen, we've let the good things that God sent our way. I'm a pastor. I watch people. I know what's going on in people's lives. And I watch it. And I watch what I'm preaching today come to pass in people's life. It says Saul said, when you're little in your own sight... God could use you, Saul. But when you got big in your own eyes, you're going to take a fall. Hey, hey, and it doesn't take a lot of success. It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that people just some great something in their life. It can be just few blessings and a little here and a little there, amen, come their way and, and just destroy their thinking. Destroy their thinking and destroy their focus in the Lord. God, let us stay the same humble, simple, broken people. What a challenge, what a challenge before us today. Oh God, help us Jesus, help us Jesus. That was the curse that was upon Israel. Every time they would get blessed, they'd follow the other gods of the world. Turn back on God every time. It's almost like blessings are a curse, isn't it? Yet we need blessings and we want to be blessed. And I believe we can be blessed. And I believe there's an attitude and a spirit that we can seek after. Amen. That God can trust us with his blessings and it not change our spirit. That it would just cause us to grow more humble. What would be wrong with that? more faithful, more God conscience in our life, more aware of God, more aware of the importance of church and prayer meeting, living for God and being faithful to God, I believe it could cause us to come closer to God. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Here comes the serpent in the garden to the woman asking the question. The old tempter comes. Yet uh, ye shall not eat of the every tree of the garden. He knew God's commandment. That's the reason he was asking it. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it. And then this is what Eve now is talking to the serpent, talking to the tempter. And Eve added this to what you find uh, in the second chapter of Genesis. Here's what she added, "Ye shall not eat of it. She added, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. So it was crystal clear in her mind at that point what God wanted them to do. And the serpent said unto the woman, you shall not surely die. Let me tell you, when doubt fills your mind, that there is a connection between blessings of God and obedience to God, and the devil brings that question to your mind. Well, you know, it just, what's happened's gonna happen. You know, it it didn't, there's no connection to that. That is a lie. That is as good as the devil wants you to believe. There is no, you live right, and you live right, and it doesn't make any difference. It's just gonna come out the same way. That is a lie. That is a lie. Let me ask you, if you plant nut grass, will you get nut grass? If you plant Johnson grass, will you get Johnson grass? If you plant wheat, will you get wheat? Well, I want to tell you, if you plant righteousness, you're going to reap a crop of righteousness and blessings. And if you plant sin, you're going to reap sin. Now you lying devil, get out of this building, get off out of the minds of all the people of God and quit telling people that life. It will come to pass what God has said. He's a liar, church, he's a liar. Well, it don't pay to live for God. Look what all I've gone through. He's a liar, he's a liar. If you sow the right thing, you're going to reap the blessings and the help of God. But you know what I have watched so many times in the people of God? They were blessed, blessed, blessed. But maybe there were one area of their life they were being tested in a little bit. And they just wiped that out. They can't even see these blessings. All they can see is this one place in their life, I need God, or I need this, or I need help and the devil just has them to focus on that. He doesn't see their children worshiping God. He doesn't see their children in this choir. He doesn't see, they don't see all the good things God has done in their life. They can only see the trial they're going through today. Devil, you, I, I got his number. I got his number today. I've got the devil's number today. Get out of here, Satan. You need to see what God is doing in your life. Where would you be? What would be happening to you today if you wasn't living for God, if you wasn't in this church? Yes, there's trials. We're going through a trial. Amen, but I'm gonna tell you, we're not doubting God. No, 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 no. I felt too much Holy Ghost. I said, I want to tell you one thing, God. I know we're on the chart. I know you know where we're at. We haven't went off the charts with you. We know it, we know you know what's going on. We're not in doubt, we're not questioning you, God. We know without a doubt you got your hand right in the middle of everything that's going on in our life and we're not doubting you one bit, God, and we're not afraid of what we're facing. Because you're our refuge, you're our help. Everybody stand together. Oh, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Somebody needs to hear the preaching of the word of God today. Amen. You just get that focused on the negative and the trial and the battle. My God, have mercy. I'd have to keep you people here all day telling you all the good things God's doing in my life and done in my life. Man, you're talking about reaping a, a crop of blessings. Hey, man. There's been a... And you think I'm going to get bitter because my mother's sick today and my brother's sick today? Oh, no, no, no. We're not promised life in this world. We're, we're promised, all right. Listen to what Job said. Man that is born of woman is few days and... That means you, that means me. Have I not always told you people and been honest with you people and preached to you people that what you see other people going through, your day will eventually come? You don't have on Teflon that it's not gonna come to your house and death is not gonna knock on your door and you're not gonna be touched by trouble. Every human that's living is gonna be touched by trouble. Sinners, saint, wherever they're at, but I'll tell you what's the difference. It's the peace and the grace and the help of God that you feel in your heart and in your life. That's what God is giving away today, friend. This is not our utopia. This is not our heaven. This is, as my daddy said, how many times, and oh, how I can hear it ringing in my ears today. This is just a dressing room. Man, this is the place to get the Holy Ghost on. This is the place to get rid of bitterness out of your heart and get the joy of God in your heart. Get to shouting the victory and feeling the anointing of God. This is the place just to love everybody and enjoy the Holy Ghost. Amen. And walk with God and live for God and hate every evil way and hate every God of this world. Divorce yourself from ever God. He said, Israel, when you get into the land of those heathens and you get them big old mansions that you didn't build and you get them beautiful vineyards that stretch across the hillside, when you get them big old farms and they belong to you, he said, you be sure you go in there and you destroy every God they've got. You cut down their groves, grove of trees. They were, the, they were the first tree huggers. It was that bunch. They were worshipping around trees and they were hugging trees. And he said, you just take a chainsaw if they'd have had a chainsaw. And you get that baby cranked up and you go in there and you just and just go to the next tree and cut them every grove, cut all their groves down. Oh, well, them trees are good for something. There's nothing wrong. Yeah, but it's what they represent. Reason I wouldn't have television in my home, it's what it represents. It's filthy to the core. Oh, heard that chainsaw start up in. Get out of here, devil, get out of here. I've been delivered by the grace of God. I've been set free by the Holy Ghost. And I'm not going back on God. Amen, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And you know, old old Gideon done that. He cut their groves down. Them bunch of heathens got up the next morning, went down there and all the big old trees were laying on the ground. And they went to Gideon's daddy and they said, get your boy and get those men that helped them. We're going to put them to death. And Gideon's dad was thinking fast. He said, wait just a minute. He said, now, if that's God, if all those trees down there is where God is at, why don't you just let that God take care of them? Why do you want to fool with them? If if God's angry, let God go get them. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I going to tell you something. We're not afraid of the gods of this world. They ain't got no power. They're toothless. They're just a roaring line. They just make you think that you can't cut them down and rebuke them in Jesus' name. And this Pentecost generation has given up on the battles they ought to have been fighting. Brother, I'm glad some 40 years ago I started preaching this and I'm not stopping now. Amen. I'm not stopping now. They should have been doing it way back there. That's why it, That's why the tiger kept on inching his way in. He got his nose in. And somebody should have slammed the door on his nose and said, get out of here, television. Get out of here, sin. But he got his head in. Now he's got his body in. And man, the devil's selling us down the road. Hallelujah, you're a liar, Satan. Hey, man, I don't want the gods of this world. God's been too good. A few little victories go to your head. Comfortable. Some zeros have been added on the end of my account. A few zeros. And you look at that, and you think, Oh, huh. let me buy me another home somewhere. Let me make some more trips somewhere and all that's got its time and its place. But when that is the focus of your life, brother, the tree's fixing to fall. You're headed for a downfall. The God that lifted you up is the same God that's gonna take you down. Come on, church. Brother Copeland, when all these things get so important, and it's all right to have a break once in a while, but you better watch it and keep it once in a while. Amen. Well, hallelujah. Once in a while. Because this is the main thing is go to heaven. This is the main thing. Well, hallelujah, hallelujah. This is the main thing. This is the main thing. Prayer meeting this evening will be the main thing over in building one. We're going to be praying and talking to God. Hallelujah. How many is going to meet me over there this evening? By the help of the Lord, you'll you'll join me in prayer at 6 o'clock. Oh, yeah. Amen. Did you know the Lord likes us to, amen, give him our best, and that will be doing it. Praise God. Shake hands with somebody and tell them it's been good. being in-